0: One, two, ten!
1: Welcome to the Claim the Throne broadcast coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do it yourself metal band in 2014. Where is it oh hey sorry didn't see you there how you going dudes i'm cabba and i'm with my mate ash how are you going today ash pretty good man happy to back be back from tour i don't know happy or sad i can't really tell it's a hard one hey super super fun
2: and really good but at the same time torn between staying away on holiday having heaps of fun
1: and also coming home and getting on with life <laughs> totally and um so the last couple of podges that have come out we were actually on tour and we like recorded them before we left and scheduled them so it all went pretty smooth sailing which is good yeah it did thanks to everyone for tuning in and yeah, you are listening to the Claim the Throne blogcast where we do just chat about um, general things and give you an idea of what it's actually like to be in a metal band these days and yeah, you get to hear exactly what's going on at the time and hopefully learning a few things and hopefully we learn a bit about chatting about it too and you know, things that we do crap, hopefully um, we can teach you not to do that essentially. So what we're going to do today um, is just chat about um, the tour that we've been on over the last couple of weeks. Um, we were on a Forging an Empire Australian tour, which was about eight dates, I think, um, with the melodic death band Bellacore from Melbourne and ourselves and a bunch of awesome local lineups. So yeah, the last couple of weeks, there's been interviews and we'll definitely have an interview with you back again next week. Um But yeah, every second week we'll just be me and Ash chatting about stuff and um, yeah, hope you enjoy. So today, like I said, we'll just be speaking about the tour. I might just go through show by show and, you know, any funny stories that we may have had or things that we did crap that we could improve on or things that went well for us and yeah, just generally have a chat and hopefully it's moderately entertaining. And yeah, if you want to get involved in any of our podcasters, podcasters, podgies, just head to the old uh, claimofthrone.net, you can leave a recording. Yeah, well, you can have your question or your comments or thought posted on the podcast. Um, and yeah, any any you know, text that you want to leave as well, you can of course comment on stuff. Find us on social medias. Email us at infoclanofthron.net. Oh wait, infoclanofthron.com. That's the one, etc. Also, check us out on Twitter at ctt underscore au.
2: And uh, yeah, we post stuff from myself and Caber and always through the page about upcoming podcasts and stuff like that and maybe you can leave comments through there or on the facebook of course um the other thing you can do if you want to and we'd like you to is also subscribe to itunes or i don't know if we're in google play that would be interesting i'll look into that but um yeah. I do know what that is. Neither do I. But yeah, if you subscribe, that's good because it lets us know that you guys are listening as well um, and that you're getting the pod when it actually does come out. Keep in touch with us, comment, do that stuff. If you've got anyone you want to suggest for interviews or any questions, anything like that, we'd
1: like to hear from you. So far, we've been pretty boring. So let's um, talk metal and talk music tours. So we yeah left for our national tour about two weeks ago. First show was on the Gold Coast in Queensland. We went a few days early and chilled out in a hotel, which was pretty sweet. Lived it up a bit there. We thought if the first show is on the Gold Coast, we may as well start off like high rollers. Um, So yeah, we all met up there. um, Pretty smooth sailing, getting over there, I think, because we went on Virgin Airlines and being a musician, if you sign up with APRA and everything, you can get a pretty sweet deal with extra luggage. Um, so we had no problems taking all our gear, heaps of merch and stuff, no extra charges. No baggage cost this entire tour, actually, so very happy about that. Mm, That's a success, I think.
2: The first thing we did when we landed in the Gold Coast, even though we all came on separate days, um, let's pretend we got in on the same flight, uh, we picked up our first hire van, one of many, on the tour. We obviously worked out that it would make more sense landing in Brisbane, hiring a van and driving to the Gold Coast rather than catching trains and cabs and all that shit out there with all this gear and merch. So that was good. And then obviously the next day after the Gold Coast show, we could drive back to Brisbane, park at our accommodation and just get ready to catch the plane after the Brisbane show. So hiring van
1: stage one Queensland was worth it in my opinion. Agree, Cabba? Totally, man. Vans are winners. And to be honest, I hate airports. So at any point you can um, eliminate them. I'm always happy to get an extra van So even driving between cities is pretty awesome Which we didn't do this time around But that's cool Bit of a tighter time frame And getting city to city So um, yeah it worked pretty smooth But yeah getting that van in Queensland was sweet Meeting up in Gold Coast And the first show I think was a pretty sweet lead in for the tour Bit of a practice for us There was no bellicore at that show Um ourselves with Rome Who we met up with there for the first show We played with them again later on the tour as well So it was awesome to meet those guys Definitely get along well with them Heaps of fun, and um, it was also Shifting the Paradigm and some wicked people that we met. Who was the first band? De- Demodocus And they had that, there was a, a chick singer And she was all um dressed up and clad in stuff You wouldn't even know if it was a girl or a boy But she had sweet vocals Pretty ferocious um, vocals actually yeah. Surprising Ruthless So they were pretty cool to watch Um, And yeah, and it was actually a bigger turnout than I would have budgeted for Because last time we played in the Gold Coast There was about six payers <laughs> um, This time around there was close to 60 So that was pretty sweet for us, I think um, For a Thursday night to a warm-up We are pretty happy with that Totally And it was raining that night as well out mm. of nowhere raining and stinky humid it was gross sold a uh, couple hundred bucks in merch very successful met some really cool people so I think yeah some of the people in the crowd had sort of driven a bit of a way to come and see us which was really reassuring and then yeah after after our set they said they really enjoyed it and that they would also drive to the Brisbane show the next night which was a very positive sign one of those people happened to be a guy that we nicknamed Hash Brown had this massive beard and um, eye patch dressed as a, a Viking pretty much um, to the show, and he reckons he does that to all metal gigs that he goes to. So if you're in Queensland, keep an eye out for this guy, very funny, with his son as well. He is clad in denim jackets. So they were nice dudes and got to see them two nights in a row, which is pretty cool.
2: Oh, that was cool. And I don't know, were they originally slated to go to Brisbane, or did they just liked the show so much that they decided to head down.
1: I think they were just going to go to one or the other, because they were somewhere halfway between Gold Coast and Brisbane or something, or a bit more inland, or I don't know. They just had nothing to do on the on the Thursday night, I think, so they decided to go to the Goldie, and then went well for him, and I think we gave that bearded guy a funnel while we were on stage, so he drank a beer. Did we? I can't remember. And um, so he probably wanted another one and came to Brisbane, but I don't think he got one in Brisbane, unfortunately. Uh, sucker. But he did get to see Balacor, which was awesome. Exactly. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I guess show two. Anything else to add, Gold coast probably nah, not man, but just um getting drunk and then waking up and having to check out and having to drive to brisbane and checking in and just lots of running around and you do get pretty tired and i think if you're just a punter going to shows and you, you go to see a band on a tour you don't really think about what the band may have gone through that day I mean, not that you should really have to. I mean, they're you know, they're out playing a show and they should kill it regardless. But yeah, sometimes if, if bands look tired or if they're not chatty before shows, just think about what they may have done. So I mean, on, on that day, yeah, it was a matter of waking up, hungover, packing all our gear up, getting out of the hotel, checking out, getting into the van, driving hour and a half to Brisbane, waiting till we could check in at our hostel, getting in there, going out for lunch, coming back for a quick snooze, showering, scrubbing up, loading into the venue, setting up merch, having some dinner, doors open and it's all all on again um but it was cool we got to meet up with bellacore for their first show of the tour and yeah luckily they were all real real friendly dudes probably a bit opposite to us in that they all have good jobs and kids and don't drink at every single opportunity like we do do they have kids Uh, i think a couple of them do Oh, okay
2: or at least one a really professional band and put a lot of time into their live show and everything and it really shows they're definitely seasoned you can tell they've been around and um, probably a nice juxtaposition to sort of have Cabba, Jim and Dicey stand-up comedy routine in between songs. And then those (laughs) guys get on and, you know, really kick it out of the park with um, the really tight, awesome show. They also had a fill-in drummer for the whole tour, um, a fellow called Elliot, who I don't know how much notice he had, but he did a really good job watching those guys from side of stage
1: in Brizzy was like a nice intro to... I you went know, down for a headbang. Did you? Good work. They blew my head off. Hell good sound. Like yeah, perfect first show really. Yeah. The dual guitars work very well live for sure. Pretty big turnout. I think as far as those Brisbane shows go was at the Crowbar also with Virion and Eternal Rest who were both really, really good. So it was a fully solid lineup. Yeah. And again, we sold a couple hundred merch, which was very nice. Yeah. About a hundred pairs, I think, which was sweet. I think we played all right. Um, I I had a laugh, I went up to the bar before we started, asked for like five jugs of beer for on stage and she was like, do you want them all now or do you want to save the rest of your ride till later? I'm like, no, no, just we'll have them all right now. So she spent a while pouring them and bringing them over to the stage for us, so she was very friendly and then we proceeded to funnel all of them on stage, which was good fun and I was royally hammered after the set, Um, but I think it went down pretty well and all responses are positive, so I was happy at that point.
2: All things considered, sounds pretty good. Everything was pretty cool.
1: It was in um, Fortitude Valley, where there's lots of humorous people out on the streets. Um, Oh, that night as well, I had to do a radio interview at like 11.30 at night. Just after the set, right? Yeah, we'd just finished because I'd missed it the week before. Hell naughty, forgot to ring him. That was with a a Melbourne station, so we had the show in a few days from there. So yeah, to run out to the street after we played and make a phone call uh, for a live radio interview. And while I was out there, man, saw some funny people, questionable characters, lots of drunk people, lots of local fellas and blokes, if you know what I mean. That was good, entertaining. After the show, when we got all our stuff back to the
2: accommodation, I don't think we even unloaded from our van. Some important things we got out of there we didn't want yeah, stolen.
1: Yeah, guitars and stuff, take out, leave merch in the van.
2: And then the dirtiness begins with the you know, go to bed at sort of 2, 2.30, pretty drunk and um, get about two hours sleep and then an alarm goes off at quarter past four to wake up to get back to the bloody airport to fly to Sydney and, man, that was the theme of the tour in terms of travelling, hey,
1: God. So we were up at you were well, in the van driving to the airport to get on a plane. That was at 5 a.m. we were in the car and I've actually got some audio footage, which we'll play now, of just how drunk we still were. Dicey, so you got any trolley plans for when we get to Brisbane Airport this morning? How are we going to avoid any fines with uh, the
0: trolleys? oh shit no that is going to be pretty tough at this time of morning I reckon all the all the all the the uh Indian people who click trolleys will have collected them all I might have to beat one up you think I'll they'll f- be on the prowl watching you like a shit will. hawk they tried job? to steal them off me before I said you know what if you can get them off me you can have them and he he ran off just push
1: them out of the way and say oh sorry I thought you had a, a sniper on your forehead
0: <laughs> and then I was like do it
1: And then just run off with the trolleys. It's 5am, the second airport of the trip.
0: This is actually going to be this is going to be a tough one. This one, we may have to resort to violence.
1: So yeah, there you can uh, hear Dicey there giving some valuable trolley tips. Yeah, post that conversation. Um, we did arrive at Brisbane Airport and the one and only time on that whole tour, we did have to pay for a trolley. Unfortunately, it was just that time of morning and Brisbane are a bit Nazi with their um their, their trolley eyes, unfortunately, so we paid for one and I think we got one freebie and that was all. So about $4.50 was our trolley count for the whole whole tour. So pretty successful in that regards. But yeah, then we were smack bang on the plane, straight to Sydney, got there at, you know, still early hours in the morning, nine o'clock or something. Was it? Or maybe it was later. can't remember. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty early because we went straight to the venue and loaded in and then wanted to go for some food. <laughs> Walked around, couldn't find anything and came back hungry and angry. Angry as and hell. And then someone was like, oh no, you, there's heaps of food up that way. You guys must've just gone the wrong direction. So out again. And then we did find that sweet cafe. Yeah. One minute walk from the
2: bloody venue just in the opposite (laughs) direction and we'd already spent half an hour looking for shit found this amazing cafe and we all got the best food really nice coffee like great bacon burgers yeah freshly squeezed juice
1: juice. we all got blt say pretty good man spent like pretty much less than 10 bucks which was off the chain um and some good times in there with um because we were pretty drunk still I think from the night before especially Jim and people coming in trying to sell us tickets for like hol- helicopter rescues and whatever else they were asking about and Jim told it, told him how it was and it was good fun. And... That was good <laughs> but yeah then uh, then on to the show the show was at
2: the Boldface Stag in Sydney and that was under the Southern Cross Festival number six so the whole host of bands on there uh, I guess highlights would probably be the band Sin
1: For Me which were a group of old rockers. You know what I Liked them on Facebook the other day, and the bass player, who is the biggest piss tank in Sydney, as the song suggests, because I'm the biggest piss tank in town. (laughs) Yeah, he messaged me and said, Thanks for the ad. I said, You're welcome, please continue making music. But yeah, they were the first band on, and that was like 12 o'clock, and then Bellacore on last, and that went till you know, after one o'clock in the morning or later. It was just crazy. Yeah, so another one of those rule long days. Who do we have on there? Aeon of Horace
2: were pretty awesome. Levitation Hex. Uh, although I didn't see him, Bastardizer, with our
1: very yeah, own yeah. friend Razor Ray in there. Yeah, yeah. Did you see them? I missed them. I uh, saw the second half of the set because um we could check in at our hotel by that time and I went back and showered. I think you guys got a couple hours nap in, but I went back and just kept trying to drink to stay alive. Didn't work, couldn't really even get drunk until we were on stage that night, in close to midnight. I would say we are probably the most vulgar that night of the whole tour in regards to our banter between songs and just being being seedy Um, and as one reviewer stated there was constant profanity so it was pretty funny I had a good time there was um beach balls going around and funnels as usual and just all that sort of stuff and you know what I find is very funny on this tour or and all the time that we play anywhere outside of Perth the first half of our set just people in the crowd are so quiet and awkward and don't know what the hell we're doing on stage I think that's one of our strengths, like we just trust that it's sounding good and we just trust that people are enjoying it if they haven't left. So just keep at the constant profanity and by halfway through the set people are really getting into it and jumping around and having a mosh and yeah, yeah they're get, like gets oh, good fun.
2: I get it. Swearing. <laughs> So, yeah, that was cool. And uh, oh. we had a few highlights there with Death Metal Ghoul. Oh, the ghoul, yeah. Haunting Guy us. Like a, haunting a ghost us walking around. From the front of the stage, just eyes bulging out of his head, hands <laughs> just flapping around. Flappy Bird Brothers. Also our old mate who won, um, I think his name was Nick, who won the door prize, which was a raffle, and he won ah. like a gift basket kind of thing, but there was a bottle of wine. And I think, I don't know if it was Jim's idea or your idea, someone just sort of like threw it out there that it he was should Jim's. funnel the bottle of wine. semi-serious. Red wine, mind you. Red wine, and then the whole crowd final 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 just got totally egged into doing it and man he dominated the
1: shit out of it. i thought we were gonna be clean just a lanky dude a you spew. wouldn't think he'd be able to do that no. and just smashed it man and the guts on him and the determination and the drinking skills were unfathomed yeah it was <laughs> it was fucking crazy and um yeah i was like don't do it don't do it and yeah he
2: fucking nailed it it was awesome so that was pretty pretty cool um yeah
1: man then nothing jesse gave him a free cd because she was so impressed and jim got a photo with him and afterwards so that was a highlight of the show for sure.
2: Yeah, then Bellacore and they had some dramas with our power amps that they'd borrowed office us because word on the street is the venue. And I did notice this while we were setting up. All of the power was pretty much, it seemed like it was running off one power socket and they just yeah. had like daisy-chained, you know, four-input power boards powering everyone's stuff on stage. So it doesn't surprise me that they lost power or adequate power to draw or amperage or whatever for the power amps. Anyway, changeover was super long, which really sucked like i felt bad and we we all didn't really know what to do how to help them out because we you know we're obviously using the same back line as those guys but yeah they ended up getting it sorted they used a just went di which is the backup of having um having those kind of uh modern amps where you can actually take a direct
1: line into the pa so they did that and ended up sounding great and they played a really awesome set i guess the worst thing about it was just the time of night and i think the the their running times just went way too late Yeah, um, you know I mean for them to be scheduled to start after midnight is pretty late as it is for sure um, and then you know people were pretty good and stuck around um, for their technical difficulties and yeah it all went down pretty sweet after there they still sounded Hell good to me. It was at that point that it made us all think.
2: We put a lot of effort into each getting our own shit together, technically, but that's, yeah, like if that had happened to us, fuck Well, You know, did we have a, an adequate backup plan to actually be able to pull off our set just in case on the next show the power amps don't work for
1: us, so yeah, bit of I a guess our backup up. plan would have just ended up being direct through the front of us as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but luckily it didn't happen to us at all during the tour and we were pretty lucky or – I mean – whether it's luck or whether we our extra work putting our gear together before we left paid off, I think, as well. Yeah. Went pretty smooth with that. But again, yeah, that night, another late night, early morning. So getting back to our hotel at, you know, 2.30. Three of us having to share a double bed. That's and right. I don't the, other remember guys to in the bunk beds. <laughs> and then up again at 5, five o'clock or something to go oh, on another plane. So this is just like, yeah, the third night in a row of two hours sleep pretty much.
0: Do you have a trolley tip of the day to report? Sydney Airport, if you cannot find free trolleys, improvise and use fucking wheelchairs. They have wheels.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we're off to Melbourne. Rocked up pretty early again um, and it was cool that we were staying at the venue there.
2: We got a maxi taxi from Melbourne Airport. We did, we got a maxi,
1: yeah, that's right. Lots of free trolleys again.
2: Because we um. had four nights in Melbourne, there's no point in hiring a van if we're really going to be based out at the same location. So Exactly. Yeah, we chose a maxi, rocked up there. Venue wasn't open. Couldn't check in until 11 sharp. So just put all the stuff on the spew-riddled, shit-stained ground. Opposite the good sammys, where people are stealing shit from the front of it. Yeah. (laughs) Left left Dyson there just to sit down and... Chat up the hippie girl. And then um, probably check his emails. And then we all went and got (laughs) some... Arguably... The best breakfast of the tour and um, purchased a steaming hot Chico roll for Dicey, returned back, (laughs) presented him with that, never seen a happier man. Yeah. If you're not sure if Dicey's happy or not, get
1: him a Chico roll and you'll win his heart. Amazing. I don't think I could ever bite into one. Disgusting. I had a um, breakfast burrito or something that morning like a yeah, Mexican breakfast thing chain. it was yeah it was real good um, yeah and good coffees and stuff and by the time we got back could check in load our stuff in yeah so that was sweet just not having to go to the venue and then the accommodation and then back to the venue it was all just there so pretty awesome the room's probably questionable at the time when you know you're coming off three nights of two hours sleep and you go in and it's like a really cramped dorm room and the weather was really hot at the time as well so the rooms were just so hot and we were pretty much dying we probably could have been gone into like a five-star palace and we would have been angry but yeah got a few hours sleep in and felt heaps better and pretty good waking up in the afternoon and already being at the venue so yeah, started cool. smashing the booze again set up merch and uh, a few hours later yeah the other bands started arriving and night is on again and that was um arguably the best show of the tour i'd say yeah great turnout wise vibe wise Yeah, all the bands, quality-wise, would you agree? Yeah, man, Okera were
2: awesome. That was Elliot, the fill-in drummer from Bellacore. He was actually in two of the bands that evening, um, Heisenberg and Okera, and I really enjoyed it, and they gave us some CDs and download
1: cards. Good way to do it. Little like business card-sized things with their band information, and then a code on the back. I think that's all through Bandcamp, so you can print out those codes, get business cards printed, and chuck them on. And yeah, I think they did them because they went to some European festivals just to as expect spectators, obviously, um, and then giving out business cards as opposed to having to lug around heaps of demos and give them out to people who don't really want them. That's the way to go. And then, yeah, if people are actually interested, then they'll jump on the website and download your album for free. Hell good. Yeah, that is good. And I
2: always get that thing where, you know, someone's really digging it and you kind of, from a networking perspective, you want to give them a CD, but then you think, oh man, if I got given a CD, it'd sit in my bag, get crushed, get lost, you know, like until that time you actually get home because no one carries around discmans and stuff you know for me that download cards in my wallet and next time or probably after this uh, podcast i'll probably download that and check it out and hopefully love it as much
1: as i did when i saw them live so yeah totally. that's cool N- nice dudes as well and um yeah or if played then us and then bellicor and it was yeah i think close to 200 payers which is pretty awesome um yeah for you know. A local show essentially um, and yeah awesome vibe we had our mate Chris Hancock who decided to be our funnel tech for the evening fun tech yeah fun tech pretty much we'd bought a carton of beers to have on stage for funnels which normally if we have a funnel tech it's a, a guy who would you know give each of us you know one maybe two funnels max each mid songs while we're playing and perhaps if we're feeling nice like give one or two out to the crowd people in the front row Chris just gets out of control gives, <laughs> <laughs> gives out the entire carton worth of beers to mostly the crowd and a couple to some of us um and just yelling into the microphones like (laughs) some lyrics and claim the throne giveaway free beer you're all here for fucking claim the thrones free beer yeah
0: Yeah, it was good times, fun, yeah. though. Went, went down well. There. And
1: Jim um, pretty good that night as well. Like, finding a girl who looks sad and bored at the back of the crowd. Says, you not clapping, not smiling. Come down the front and have a funnel of beer if you want to be having fun. If not, get out. To her credit, actually came down to the front of the stage, smashed a beer funnel, and, um, yeah, was getting into it for the rest of the set. The crowd in Melbourne, man, at the Bendigo
2: Hotel was fucking pretty crazy, hey?
1: like Out of control, yeah. It was a real, yeah. like, good-sized venue
2: for that capacity, for sure. And you know what? I know exactly where to move on to from here. Um, mm. Firstly, Balakor kicked ass again in the hometown. You can tell their local yeah, legends no, there.
1: They, that was a success, There, set.
2: We, uh, me and Cabal went down the front and actually Jesse and uh, our friend Brendan Amos and rocked out to Sun's Delusion, which was killer. So if you're in Perth and listening to this before Friday, which isn't possible because we're releasing it on Sunday, come down to the show. <laughs> uh, I'll go. Immediately post-show, one of the craziest things, um, first of all, we ordered some dinner. And we were getting half price meals. So each of us were getting meals for like four, five dollars for like full burgers and fucking anything really, pub food. I'm looking for Jim when his burger comes out, and him and Dyson are over in the other bar getting like five free shots each of tequila just from the venue owner. So they've come in. off
1: stage, gone straight over there, and the owner's given them heaps of free shots. Is that what happened? Yeah. So I'm looking for Jim, finally
2: get him, and he's like, oh man, finish me. I'm done. eat this food and then our other friend anwar risk busted out like two trays of shots and then all these burgers and
1: he whacks um, a number 16 on our merch desk i'm like what's this for man he's like i've just got a bit of food coming oh okay strange place to eat but whatever next minute the waiter or the the (laughs) the chef comes out with so much stuff man like 10 burgers a whole shitload of chicken wings chips all sorts of stuff off the chain oh um yeah so so much free stuff that night was just the best vibe ever yeah, but then after the show turned out to be slightly smelly, um, Jesse's
2: foot, I think from just the plane and, and no sleep and maybe walking on it funny or something, it totally was swollen up badly. So we had to just take a precaution and go to the emergency ward. Shit was going crazy. Some dude came in and had been stabbed by his neighbour. And outside you could hear the insane screaming on the streets and like bottles smashing.
1: And meanwhile, you guys were out on the town. Because after that sort of... Gig and you know so much booze, especially with yeah Jim and Darcy getting all those freebies tequilas. We're in the in the zone for going out, so did that. Yeah, Anwar and some other guys had suggested a place, so we went and met out with them later. That was getting on, I don't know, two o'clock or something. And um, by the time we got there, this bar was shutting in like 15 minutes. Like no, got a couple of shots of Jaeger, a beer or something. Had to go from there and then because it was Australia Day that day, all the pubs and stuff were all shut and um just so much walking around the city so me and jim just bailed on him, went got some macas or something um but dicey being you know not only the oldest member of the band but the biggest party animal by far drinks us under the table man so he stayed out with a couple of people um and so we're all you know in bed by maybe four yeah Dicey rocks in at 8 a.m he's just like hey council let's party and then just (laughs) passes out on the bed hasn't made his sheets yet and then
2: doesn't wake up until 6 (laughs) p.m (laughs) <laughs> we go out and have like, you know, a good meal and kangaroo and crocodile burgers and VB cans and stuff. I had a pretty good day and he's just
1: dead. And the next night, we pretty much didn't do anything, just stayed in at the Bendigo where we were staying. Darcy and Jim do the poker night with um, the bar and I get more free booze. Me, you and Jesse sitting in the front bar, smashing shots and just getting so wasted. $5 pints. Cheap stuff. And then it's just stayed there for hours and hours until we all pretty much couldn't walk. And we'd
2: been in the city all afternoon. That was our scenic tour. Oh, yeah,
1: day. yeah oh yeah had been drinking Got a Mexican lot in the day
2: heavily pub hopping in the city i was actually the first to bail by about 40 minutes or something just went no nah, i cannot drink another thing went up into the into the bedroom and it was previously the hottest night in history easily in the in the bendigo and um cabra and i thought it would be a bright idea to go and get the actual venue fan from downstairs <laughs> and this thing is huge it's like you know the... big enough to to cool down a 300 capacity venue and so we two manned job lift this thing up the stairs get it in everyone's kind of like struggling to sleep because it's so hot Cabba just cranks it on full and it sounds like the earth is shattering down there's <laughs> just air just like busting out yeah so crazy so yeah
1: anyway I get
2: in totally destroyed get on the top bunk these guys all come in and you know mess with me while I'm asleep and I don't know teabags bags. I don't remember
1: any of this eh?
2: so I was angry when everyone came in I'm like get off me fuck off because I was so drunk about an hour later I'm getting kicked <laughs> Didn't know what was going on. And I could hear this moaning and I thought, what the hell is happening here? And I realized that it's Cabba from the other, the two top bunks are actually butted up against each other and his legs are halfway into my bed. And he's like sort of rolling from side to side, kicking me. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And I can just hear this, ah. Oh. Oh man Cabba struggling so hard Trying to pass out But just can't Room must have been spinning Wondering probably why his legs are Hanging over some steel into another bed And everyone heard it was so funny were all cracking up And um, you had to get up And at that point Dyson was up and about I didn't realise he'd actually been Spewing up in the toilets So he got us some water Told Cabba Get into your own bed You fucking weird cunt <laughs> and, and he passes out Anyway the next day Filthy hangover and Anwar Risk, our old mate, had invited us over for a barbecue. You know, we were all just begrudgingly getting out of bed, just couldn't believe we'd agreed to do that and and ruin it by getting so
1: maggot. Glenn Dyson, fucking hell mate, in (laughs) the the worst state I've ever seen him in. So much puking still, um, but we somehow managed to get him out of bed and into the taxi to go to Anwar's place. The second we get out of the taxi, within yeah, 20 seconds, he is like vomiting foam onto the road outside (laughs) amwa's door smell like toothpaste (laughs) smell like toothpaste go in um yeah we're all pretty much still a bit drunk bordering on hangovers and dicey just crashes out on the couch and pretty much didn't see him all day Uh, but we had a good day there regardless um ate so much food stocked up on heaps of cheap barbie stuff from aldi which we don't have over here so that was good that was cool um yeah had a good day and came yeah, and back got an awesome place watched
2: some summer breeze dvds and that uh, uh, was stuff. good
1: then we yeah just sat back at the hostel which was pretty much till we went to bed went out for indian at like 11 o'clock which was amazing yeah that was good so a few days off and did not feel like a few days off it at all we'd just gone way too hard then we had a show in ballarat which is about an hour or so drive out of melbourne hour and a half yeah had a good afternoon there it's super hot got some good food lots of booze load into the venue um at the crove lounge also playing with Hazard Circular, Order of Torment. I can't remember the name of the opener. I think it got changed over. But yeah, all the bands were good. But yeah, and probably not the biggest turnout ever. Only about 30 or so players, um, which I believe is not the worst thing ever for a smaller town. I was still pretty happy with that. Thursday night in Ballarat, tacking on
2: an extra show. I was, I was happy enough with it.
1: Yeah, totally. And just a chance to see an extra different place and everything. Had a good time, got drunk. I just put strings on the day before as well for my guitar. And, yeah, tuned it again before going on stage and it just kept going out of tune. So, tip for all your guitarists, wear in your strings before you play a gig. Yeah, good tip. From that night, drunken as hell and we had a Macca's run on the way home. $70 um, Macca's run. Yep. <laughs> From there, finally get to sleep at probably, you know, after two and again up at five to drive back to Melbourne Airport to fly to Hobart and um, yeah, it was all on again. So yeah, at this point we're obviously dying again after a few days off straight back into it. But yeah, we got to Hobart and it was still pretty early but got into the venue easy enough, loaded our stuff in and... um, Arguably worse accommodation than the Bendigo (laughs) Hotel. Pretty scabby joint. Yeah, and yeah, probably really pushing Jessie's buttons and testing our luck by having to make her stay in rooms with all of us smelly... Fartathon boys. But yeah, to her credit, handles it very well. Um but yeah, we managed to go out for lunch, had probably the best lunch ever at yeah, that um I think it's Salamanca. Um yeah, overlooking all the, the bay there, there's markets and stuff. Um yeah, this wicked burger place. Jim and Dicey got wallaby burgers. Um and then yeah, back at the venue in the afternoon to find out there's pints of beer for four dollars. And Alex from Ruins cooking food, half-price <laughs> yeah. food for us. Yeah, we're getting like the best food for so cheap, like reef and beef, for steak and bucks. prawns, 10 bucks. forget about it. Death metal and black metal and <coughs> oh, Lloyd. I don't
2: worry gym, about that. Jim back from the gym, I'd say. <coughs> no. Fucks, hang on. Yeah, thank you. That was Lloyd with his classic back. <laughs> Yeah, so we got all that food and then over the jukebox in Hobart, and there was all this death metal, black metal, slam, strange industrial metal. It was, yeah, really Bizarre place, and you look around everywhere. And usually, in a bar, you have pictures up of bands and stuff that have been there, and you have your usual suspects or everyone from the Australian um, mainstream or, or like alternative touring scene. But here, it was all like death and black metal band stuff. It was really, yeah, it was definitely a metal bar, which was pretty cool. Scummy as hell. Thongs breaking because they're sticking to the floor too much. And
1: that uh, was wicked, but man, I had a good time. And yeah, those four dollar pints uh, got us well underway. And with that jukebox, um, me and Jesse wandered over to. put some songs on and that's where we met our fateful mate someone from Hobart starts um telling us what we should play on the jukebox and he's like memorized the exact code to press in for certain songs and going through like a King Parrot album and name dropping every song on their entire album and what code numbers they are and again with ruins and uh fuck I'm dead and stuff and just naming every song um have you heard um song shit on the liver or whatever you know just naming so much stuff and then uh, yeah you would have heard of uh blood duster from melbourne you would have heard of king parrot uh you would have heard of sucroptic they're from here from tasmania and going on and on and it was pretty funny for a bit and we hell friendly to him but then he just lingered around i'm not sure if he's listening to this if you are hello you're a nice bloke but yeah just a funny story and yes, I'm trying to avoid him at all costs because later in the gig trying to sell merch and or whatever and talk to other people and he's just creeping around. Uh, have you heard of the band uh, Fin Troll? They're from Finland. I uh, have their, uh, their CDs. I collect physical CDs, so I own them. Uh, you would have heard of Sky Forger from Latvia. Uh, they're another folk metal band. Cool, man. Thanks. I'm just in the middle of a conversation with four people already. But then he's like creeping up on other people, yourself and Dicey and saying exactly the same things. Like yep. you would have heard of uh, King Parrot, uh, that youngie who's a funny bugger. And that's the point when Ash and I decided to start um, voice recording some of the things he was saying because it was that funny and you can listen to him now.
0: go, King Parrot, of Yeah, youngie, he's a funny bugger.
2: How the writer works there is that every band got, I don't know, 15 beers or something like that and you get them over the bar but it was all the bands together got the beers so you walk up and they just take it off the rider as a whole as opposed to just your band so by the end of the gig all pretty drunk whatever I go to buy something and the dude goes oh you know you've got heaps of rider beers left and that's unusual for a claim the throne gig like (laughs) after we've played so I went oh okay yeah sure I'll have one then they just started piling them on thick and fast and they were just not running out so I thought it would be a good idea to capitalize and drink them all (laughs) not a good idea two hours sleep wake up still horribly drunk and it was the first time because we'd had so many early you know like 2 hour sleep nights by then waking up that morning and not being able to keep my eyes open never wanting sleep more than at that point and having to catch a plane and then we get to the airport and Our plane gets delayed like 2 hours we had a connecting flight in Melbourne to Adelaide which we almost missed because of the delay and stuck on the tarmac and then have to go back through security and all this while being just like putridly drunk crossing over
1: into hangover and it's just oh then rocking up in Adelaide early too early to check in. have to go out for food again and you just like still haven't slept and hangover and dying yeah we all ate subway first time we ate subway on the whole tour yeah and it did go down quite
2: well and then we got back to the hotel and jim had the bright idea of okay well if our gear's here and we're going to check in our rooms not made up can we have access to the pool so all of us go up onto the pool deck
1: and it was like heaven oh god spa sauna the whole whole shebang plunge pool plunge pool yeah and it was hell good i felt good after that and then um, finally checked in had a snooze um, we were up and good to go for the last show before we came back home to Perth so that was in Adelaide and that was a real good show I reckon um yeah. another night with no Bellcour unfortunately um, but still did pretty well and there was you know good 100 Payers again um, at the Enigma Bar, which is a really cool place. Fairly uh, metal-themed there as well. Stinking yeah. hot in the venue. Stinking hot. It was like 44 degrees that day or yeah. something.
2: That was another one I struggled out. I had electronic problems with that one and just wasn't thinking clear enough to be able to sort them out. So I had lots of double-triggering and dirty stuff and uh, it was yuck. Played well like as, as a whole. Got called on for an encore, which yeah.
1: we fortunately had a song we could play. First encore of the tour, which was very exciting. Yeah, and hearing a Claim the Throne chant in a city that's not your hometown is pretty heartwarming. And yeah, we got to hang out with our mates in Truth Corroded. Who were awesome um, as that well. night, by the they way. They That set was, yeah. was
2: probably the best I've ever seen them, and I've seen them a lot of times.
1: Uh, so they're, they're going to be dominating this year, I reckon. But yeah, so another good night. And um, yeah, we stuck around um, pretty late, and it got to, yeah, I don't know, after three in the morning. And we decided it would be a good idea to now take our gear out of the venue and back to the hotel, which is nearly a 10-minute walk away with all our stuff and dicey has this bright idea of finding a shopping trolley that was outside of the venue and we'll just somehow stuff all of our gear into that which we did manage to do sold a bit of merch so got rid of one merch box and stuffed all them in ash and jesse had taken back a couple things earlier because they're nice people and um yeah then we walked back with this trolley all along the streets of adelaide at 3 a.m it was very funny and it um Yeah, about 20 metres from the door of the hotel and the trolley falls over and stuff just goes everywhere, merch all over the road and shit. Got a few happy snaps and then, yeah, packed it back up, went back into the trolley and back into the room and, yeah, passed out. It was pretty good. A couple of days off in Adelaide after that, which was awesome. pretty much swimming. Drinking, lots of pool, heaps of sauna lots of cheap pub meals there as well like ten dollar yeah. Parmesanas and stuff so awesome fifteen dollar jugs of little creatures and then we had that indian banquet our last night or you can eat felt very sick after that and put on a few kilos But i good. put on five kilos on the tour whoa man i put on yeah. probably not much less than that but anyway now here we are back at home and the last day of the tour coming up tomorrow night in perth um Which so very excited for that and by the time you hear this we would have played it so hopefully it was good um and yeah first time bella making it over here well well. So, hell pumped to see them again. Hey, get this, Kebba. While you were out of the
2: room for a second, I took it upon myself to write a little list, uh, almost a questionnaire. Um, so, I'm just going to start off with what was your best gig or what favourite
1: gig of the tour? Favourite gig? Um, Got to go with Melbourne just because it was the biggest turnout. Best vibe. There was, yeah, lots of crowd movement from the get-go. Yeah, the funnels were just out of control. Um, lots of free stuff, free drinks, free food. Uh, Went out afterwards, so just all in all, good times, good people around. Had a wicked, wicked fun. I agree with all that. That's what and I was saying. sold said. the most merch there as well, which was awesome. Um, and what about your favourite venue? Favourite venue. Woo. In terms of um, food and drinks, can't go past the Brisbane Hotel in Hobart just because we we're getting super cheap food and stuff there. In terms of actual gig, I would probably have to go with, man, maybe even the Enigma Bar. I don't know why, just because I have a pretty good memory because it was the last show. But um, the stage was very spacious and it's, you know, a bit metal themed and there's the, the bar going on downstairs and the gig upstairs. It was pretty awesome. Are you answering these questions as well or just me?
2: just adding my two cents oh, after. Sweet. Pretty awesome. much agreeing exactly with you. Um, uh, Favorite meal <laughs> of the tour?
1: <laughs> Probably go to go with the Crocodile Burgers. Ooh, in, uh, really? In Melbourne, yeah. Oh, it's pretty not pretty expect awesome. that. Mainly because I can't think of what else we had. Oh, no, no, no. I changed my mind. What's that Mexican place in Melbourne? That was to die for. Um, yeah. Yeah, like. that place
2: rules, man. I had a good time there. Yeah, I did. I got the shit meal there. Here you go. Brazilian Barbecue was just a delight for the <laughs> senses. But um, do you remember that place we went into? I think it was actually a gay cafe. Oh, we yeah. That was amazing. We got all those juices and um, and that, that breakfast platter that I got with all this bread and heaps of bacon and sausages and eggs. It was an avocado. That was off the chain, man. That yeah. was one of the best meals. That was so good. You
1: know what? We fully ate like kings on this trip. We and did. I don't know how we did that. And a lot of bands, I guess, would really want to save money as much as possible and go for, you know, $4 meals every meal. But we did pretty well because... I'm now thinking of about at least another six more places that rule my world, like that late night curry in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And the $10 Palmies in Adelaide at the Cumbie. Two meals for 20 bucks. (laughs) Yeah, if you're Ash, you get two meals. Okay, favourite drink or favourite time drinking, you know? Four dollar pints of Cascade Pale Ales in Hobart at the Brisbane. Hard had mm. to go past that. You have something else in mind by the look yeah, of Yeah, I did. I think the, um, once again, man, Bendigo's
2: coming up trumps that night where we sat at the bar for like five hours. Oh, as in drinking times, that was too much fun, eh? Hey? What about yeah. favourite drink? Like, did you have anything interesting that you normally wouldn't or
1: just well, anything that Well, that um, fateful night that you're speaking of when we sat in the front bar just getting trashed, Uh, the shots of Patron went down delightfully. Mm. Like, this whole tour, the funny thing is we did have the
2: dirtiest, earliest flights every morning and the downside was you're so tired Tired. every gig became a struggle because you fucked didn't get enough sleep like we're talking four hours a night probably for most like two hours a night and then maybe an hour or two during the day and that's just not good but the reason why we got all these good meals and had all these good drinking sessions probably more so than any other tour is because when you get in that early you know okay well shit we've set up merch we've packed in our gear we're checked in we've got seven hours before we play a show let's um let's all hang out so in ballarat when we got in there we noticed this sign it was like mexican starting at four o'clock on on a Thursday so we said yep that's us walk walk down there Mexican wasn't open realized that this pub had mostly Belgian beers or European beers at least we got some schooners of blue moon which was delightful waiting for this um, Mexican to open up go upstairs or order drinks and the dude couldn't get his cash register open So we didn't pay for him, walked (laughs) outside and he goes, I'll just come back in in a minute. I get super jealous of Jim with his giant hoe garden. So i walk back in disgruntled at my choice and I go, look, I need to pay for those beers. Can you just pour me one of those hoe gardens? Yeah, mate, uh, but my till's still not working. By this time, we've all racked up a huge drinks bill, order food. And at the end, he just charged us only for the food and none of the drinks. That was definitely good. Next question.
1: Favorite fan or freak? Or oh, favourite or just funniest? Either or. Favourite Hash Brown from Q- Queensland. The only reason we call him that is because we put a photo up of him on Instagram and um, it was using hashtag Forging an Empire for the whole tour. So if you wanted to look at any of our tour photos, you just search hashtag Forging an Empire, you'll find it all. Um, but when I was advertising it, instead of saying hashtag, I wrote, check out our Hash Brown Forging an Empire. I don't know why. I just thought it was funny. And it was a picture of him. We all thought that his name. Everyone thought his name was, was Hash so we just kept calling him that. But now that was the guy who was um yeah dressed as the Viking in um in Gold Coast and Brisbane. Good dude. Then of course the guy that I spoke about in Hobart, who um asked if we've heard of King Parrot and Youngie. He's a funny bugger and etc. Not my favourite, but funniest. And then I guess. Someone who's just treated us good, got to go with MY Risk, who um, got us heaps of free stuff and had us at a barbie and just was an all-round good dude. Yeah, he was awesome. That's, that would be my pick. Best accommodation? Or Adelaide Oaks Horizons, living it up at the end of tour with, um, yeah, nice rooms and pool and stuff. And worst accommodation? Oh, i got to go with uh, Brisbane Hotel Hobart. Yeah. With the, only because the yeah. bunk bed shakes all over the place. I was on top of you and felt like I had to lie like a twig the entire night because if I move at all, the bed will just shake and fall over and probably squash ash. That would have been scary. But, uh, yeah, that one just took the cake because it kind of had a smell about it and the farts made it better, if anything. <sighs> yeah, it was like stale cigarette. But if we fart, it was just like fart cauldron and Jesse in the middle of the room copping all of it. Pretty good. Yeah, just the
2: bathroom in that place, was I didn't even want to want to fucking use the toilet in there as grotty uh to a highlight i suppose a uh, lot of these have been highlights so far so like what was the best thing about the tour
1: man nothing in particular just being on stage and when people start getting into it and look what i'll say probably the claim the throne chant at adelaide yeah. on the last night of the tour after awesome. we finished playing to get us to come on and play another song that was amazing playing was definitely a highlight i think just
2: how we didn't get bitter about early flights we got better by having heaps of fun drinking and getting meals and then still having good shows like there wasn't any shows where we we're all fucking having a whinge and shit you know we all had problems at different venues with certain things on stage you know you're tuning my triggers all that but um
1: yeah it never really got to us and yeah
2: it just remained fun yeah.
1: just when you're tired and feeling bad and hating life you just got to remind yourself that you know you're living the dream and you're on tour and things could be a lot worse and make the most of it while you're there and uh tour low light or the early flights got to be. Easily. I just can't not handle them, eh? Yeah, struggling. <laughs> yeah, they
2: allowed for the tour highlights, but yeah, shit. Um, what's your ultimate tip? Like, Is there any lesson you learned or, or any little thing that you noticed that you think is a great idea for other bands or for even Claim of Throne to get onto?
1: I would just say one thing I made an effort of this tour was just being really organised and really prepared in having like a folder of, you know, and Dicey printed out itineraries for us as well. Um, but, yeah, putting together a, a display folder with printouts of each day, print the, the printout of your flight, printout of your accommodation, printout of your van hire, directions to the venue, printing out like door entry prices, merch prices, a merch checklist, running times, having all of that stuff printed out before you even go on tour and getting to the venue early, setting everything up and just being good to go by, you know, a few hours before doors open and then you can just really chill out and relax and feel good for when doors do open and and you're in the zone for the night. One thing could have done better was still just selling merch, keeping track of it properly and re- not even just merch actually, all things financial, writing them down and just not losing track because it's so easy when you're drinking at night to just, go, oh, yeah, here, we'll sell, sell you the shirt for a few ex- bucks cheaper and then, oh, let's use some merch money to buy the band a few drinks and, oh, let's use merch money for this taxi. And before you know it, you just have no idea how much you've actually earned that night and what's going on. I don't know if any of those are tips or not, but just a few observations. Yeah, cool. My tour tip is sort of similar to yours, like organization.
2: For instance, our podcasts were quite happy that we did the work before we went. Yeah. So it was just scheduling itself and things like that. And then knowing that on tour, we could only really rely on our phones for internet. So yeah, just doing everything we could before we left. Uh, another thing was, it's also having just enough gear to be able to do things like create customized intros for each Yeah. Um, that was good. Each place, yeah. So we just, you know, Cabo would bust out his laptop, would stick some headphones on, we would just add in some funny stuff that we'd been talking about the previous day or something about the town that would be funny. and um, Namely,
1: fucking Ballarat gant.
2: You know, just another thing to make both the crowd feel a little bit special and the other guys in the band laugh. <laughs> yeah, and also because we did put a lot of work into our gear and our stage sound and all that, that old man worked out such a treat. So, yeah, just being on top of everything, it made it super smooth. And I've got to say, actually... To a highlight, I forgot all about this. Probably Chainsaw Charlie and the Chocolate ah. Cha-Cha Factory show in Sydney was... That's true. Maybe 20 people were there, but fuck, that was the most hilarious thing. Yeah. Jim sitting on a chair
1: with a fan next to him, <laughs> glasses and a hat pulled down over his glasses. Doing brutal vocals and Darcy standing up, slamming so all around funny. the place. Yeah, just those samples and stuff they have, you know, to playing to 20 people at 1pm in the afternoon who have no idea what's about to encompass them and then um yeah people putting like chairs at the front of the stage with just like little things watching them like a fan on one a rat on one a beach ball on one it was just yeah good vibes all around that's pretty much it for the for the tour talk just to to wrap up the tour as well man um Do you think it was a viable thing? Like, would we do something like that again? I can say financially wise, our expenses were around six grand for that sort of tour. And if we do well in Perth tomorrow night, you know, if there's a lot of payers and we sell a fair bit of merch, then we will pretty much get close to covering all those costs. So we don't make any money, but we don't lose any money, but we do make a lot of fans and have a good... A good time so i would say viable i would also say viable
2: yeah and just the time frame it wasn't too crazy us all taking time out of our schedules and with work and stuff so yeah that kind of length of tour is pretty awesome i think what do we do eight shows or something it was just about right anymore i think would have started creating a hassle and you know would have
1: really eaten into some people's um, personal lives and stuff totally and it's way different touring australia than to touring europe or something where you know you can just get on a bus and drive from city to city overnight like australia you've really pretty much got to get flights from city to city and yeah it's a bit more of an expensive venture cool man oh good wrap up nice chat and um yeah good to go over all that stuff from the tour making re- me remember a few good things few bad things actually no bad things all amazing things haven't had a bad day in years that was hell good um if anyone's listening who came out to see us thanks heaps and um yeah thanks for making it worthwhile for us hell good yeah it was awesome met some cool people and
2: got some good crowd response and stuff like that so yeah definitely worthwhile doing i think coming up for the podge we have an interview next week not 100 percent sure who it's going to be well we think we know who it is going to be but um yeah it could be one of a small handful of people. So um look out for that. Look out for more details during the week. Maybe throw us some questions or something like that.
1: Yeah, record a question on claimthethrone.net. Follow us on social media. Visit our website, claimtheon.com, um, and find us on iTunes, subscribe, leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. Um yeah, if you think we're good, let us know. If you think we're crap, let us know. And tune in next week. I'm Kiba. And I'm fucking Ish. And you listen to the Claim of Thrones Thanks for listening this far. You are crazy. And what song are we playing, Cabs? What's something we played on the tour a lot? Rage of the Storm. Rage of the Storm it is. Cool. Rock out. Cue some snare drums. <laughs>